Hi, everyone. Welcome to Our Story Isn't Over. My name is Kevin Piskarek. I'm the program director at Youth Move PA, and I'm joined by my two co-workers, Tristan and Chris. You want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Tristan Schnook, and I'm the community outreach coordinator for Youth Move PA. Hi, everyone. My name is Christopher Lunsford. I'm the call for change and youth care coordinator at PMHCA. So I guess uh, we can talk. This is going to be a little more of an informational session, a little different than usual. We usually we give you guys some information, but we usually talk, um, you know, we usually share a little bit of uh, personal information here and there. But anyway, um, so I guess, I don't know, how was... Um, I guess I could share a little bit about Thanksgiving because it just passed. I, um, for myself, um, this is probably one of the first Thanksgivings I stayed at home. I had COVID. So, um, Thanksgiving was a little bit different. Um, I spent Thanksgiving at my house, um, in order to do the right responsible thing. So, um, I've been in quarantine for about six days now. I have about four days left. So I, um, Thanksgiving was a little bit different for me, unfortunately. So um, I spent Thanksgiving at home with my girlfriend and did not get to go out and see family this year. So um, I'm feeling better, which is great news. Um, so, yeah. How about you guys? What you do, Chris? Uh, well, well, first, I mean, did you at least get to eat some turkey over Thanksgiving? So not on Thanksgiving Day. My, um, my mom did drop off leftovers a day or two it was i think it was two days after she dropped it off two days after so i did get to eat some i i what i like eating thanksgiving um type food on thanksgiving but it it wouldn't have been terrible if i didn't get to eat it because i could stand to lose a couple pounds you know what i mean <laughs> so um my girlfriend was very upset that we didn't get to eat Thanksgiving dinner. So when my mom brought that stuff over, she was um, very happy, needless to say. So yeah, <laughs> um, it was very nice of my mom to bring that stuff over. So yeah, um, thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. Delayed Thanksgiving dinner is better than no Thanksgiving dinner. Right. <laughs> um, so... I went over to my fiance's family for Thanksgiving, um, which was cool. We had kind of like a, a modest get together. It was like her dad, uh, stepmom and brother, and then uh, her grandmother. And uh, that was pretty good. Um, we were, we played sous chef in the kitchen that day. So I helped make stuffing and uh, Jen helped with, uh, like the turkey and just kind of making sure that everything was, was ready to go smoothly, um, for stepmom while she was cooking. So that was cool. We also entertained the grandma. So you got to do that. And your grandma's like 90. She needs people to talk to while we're waiting around for food. Uh, she was ravenous though, guys. Like she just, every few minutes she was like, I'm hungry. When's it going to be ready? And we're like, hold on. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming. <laughs> She's pretty funny. Um, but it was good. You know, hung out, ate some food. And in between, uh, watched Guy Fieri eat some food on TV. 
nice. What about <clears throat> you, Tristan? So I also had COVID. Um, I'm sorry, Kevin, that I got you sick. So I'm about <laughs> three days ahead of you, uh, four days ahead of you, because I don't have to quarantine anymore. Um, so, <clears throat> but I did go to my families, not because I'm irresponsible, but because they all had COVID. So what was the difference in <laughs> staying home or not? <laughs> um, we just told my grandmother to stay home because she did not have COVID. Um, so I still got to eat and thankfully I did not lose my sense of taste. So I could still taste my turkey and my kielbasa and my mashed potatoes and stuffing and all that good stuff. Um, and my grandmother, <clears throat> uh, every year she makes something called an impossible pumpkin pie because when I was younger, I hated the crust on pie so I would just eat the pumpkin stuff like out of it so she found out how to make a pumpkin pie without a crust and she makes me my own every year that I can just eat with a spoon because I'm also could probably stand to lose a few pounds but whatever (laughs) Is is that just like pumpkin spread then it's literally the inside of a pumpkin pie with no crust uh huh. You can awesome. make a milkshake out of that. Yeah, sure. probably. It's delicious. So, is it just no crust on the top or on the bottom as well? Nowhere. There is oh. no crust at all. Oh wow. Okay. I think she's Wait, Kevin, like does your pumpkin or something? What's that? Oh, I was gonna say, Kevin, does your your pumpkin pie have crust on the top? Like. On the edges, you know, like yeah. oh, oh. like a normal pie, you know what I mean? thought you were doing some sort of exotic pumpkin pie over here. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so uh, even though she didn't come to Thanksgiving, I, I got, she delivered the pie. So I got to eat it anyway, which was pretty cool. Um, it was but, there in spirit. Yeah. yeah. So since I told you guys about my favorite food for Thanksgiving, on a normal Thanksgiving, what's your favorite food? Um, hmm. Kevin, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, go, if you know, go ahead, because uh, I'm thinking. Uh, so I would never have expected this to be my answer at 29, like 10 years ago, because I hated the stuff. Well, I love stuffing. Um, it's so good, guys. I don't know how it became so good and what monster I was to hate it so much when I was younger. Because <laughs> I wouldn't even let the stuff go on my plate. But now that's like one of the only things I get second helpings of every Thanksgiving. Hmm. I'll, I'll go with um, uh, green bean casserole, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you would ask me the same thing 10, 10 years ago, I would probably would have, uh, I would have been the same way. I would have either not let it on my plate or threw it in your face, one of the two. <laughs> not sure which one, you know? So, Kevin, is it green bean casserole, like the, with the crunchy thingies on the top? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You got to have the, the French onions on there, man. Yeah, yeah see, my my family makes a whole different version of a green bean casserole. Really? Yeah, not usually for Thanksgiving, just as like a supper meal, but it's way to, it's not anything like that. 
what is it like? It's green beans, hamburger. I think there's tomato soup. And then you mix all that together and you put a layer of mashed potatoes on the top. Hmm. Oh, wow. It's a whole different world from that stuff with the things on it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good too, though. I'd eat that. It's a poor person meal, but it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) My grandmother would have called that uh, a hush and eat it number 62. (laughs) I like that. Um, So now that you guys are all nice and hungry and whatnot, um, we really want to talk about what we're doing for Giving Tuesday. Um, So obviously Thanksgiving, we had Black Friday, Small Business Saturday. And so today is Giving Tuesday. And we are excited to talk to you guys a little bit about our fundraiser that we have going on for Giving Tuesday. Um, So we are collecting funds for the Pennsylvania Regional CSPs, which are the community support programs. Um, And there's four regional community support programs throughout the state. There's a bunch of smaller ones also, um, but we're specifically collecting for the four regional ones. Um, And what we're going to be doing with the funds for them is splitting the funds evenly and allowing them to use it to buy a Christmas dinner for the people that they serve. Um, So whatever that check that each one of them gets uh, can allow them to buy things like ham or turkey or potatoes or drinks or desserts or whatever. so that they can offer Christmas dinner to the people that they serve who may not necessarily always have the opportunity to eat a really hot, delicious Christmas meal. Um, So just a little bit about like what a CSP is. Um, So like I said, there's four regional CSPs. We have Southeast, Western, Northeast, and Central. Um, And on a normal non-COVID day, they would be meeting in person once or twice a month um, so that people who are uh, mental health consumers or uh, people who just need a place to go, um, they would be meeting in person, doing activities, getting something to eat, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, But now, thanks to COVID, some of them are meeting in person. Some of them are trying the Zoom uh, route. Some are not meeting at all. Um, So, kind of been a little bit of a sticky situation for CSPs uh, recently, but we just wanted to give them kind of a way to get that in-person going if that's what they wanted to do. So um, the cool thing about CSPs is that they're really just an alliance of mental health consumers, family members, and professionals who work together to help adults with severe mental illness and co-occurring disorders to live successfully in their community. Um, So the statewide coalition connects to national CSPs with regional, like I said, and then there's local ones too. So the cool thing about CSPs is that the integration of natural supports, which is what a CSP is, into the lives of those with mental illness, it really helps make a meaningful difference in the lives of those people um, by just becoming involved in their local or regional CSP. 
CSP committees offer a forum setting in Pennsylvania for consumers, family members, and professionals to speak their beliefs and values and promote system changes. These meetings have actually helped shape the way treatment services are delivered to consumers and improved the public's understanding that consumers and family members should regard, be regarded as people first and advocated for the implementation of quality treatment that support the recovery of those with serious mental illness. So it's pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome program. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a couple of like principles that CSP is founded on. So I'm not going to go into super crazy detail, but um, just going to go over them because I think they're important. So the first one is consumer centered, consumer empowered. So basically services are based upon the needs of the individual and incorporate self-help and other approaches that allow consumers to retain the greatest possible control over their own lives. Uh, the next one is culturally competent. Services from CSPs are sensitive, supportive, and responsive to racial, ethnic, religious, and gender differences of consumers and families. Designed to meet special needs. CSP services are designed to meet the needs of persons with mental illness who are also affected by other factors such as aging, substance use, physical illness or disability, intellectual disabilities, homelessness, homelessness or involvement with the criminal justice system. Community-based and natural supports. Services are provided in the most natural setting possible. Consumers are encouraged to use natural supports in their community and to engage in the living, working, learning, and leisure activities of the community. Flexible. Services are designed to allow people to move in and out of the system and within the system as needed. Coordinated. Treatment services and supports are co coordinated across the community and the local system in order to improve efficiency and effectiveness of the services. This includes connections with consumers, families, advocates, and professionals at every level of the system of care. Accountable service providers are accountable to the users of their service and include consumers and families in planning, development, implementation, monitoring, and evaluating services. And finally, strengths-based. Services build on the strengths of consumers and help people maintain their personal identity, self-esteem, and dignity. That's fantastic. So, you know, just so our listeners, you know, kind of get this, this condensed a little bit and understand, like, this is basically um, committees of people that are advocating for um, and with consumers. People are able to make their voices heard. They're able to talk with other people who can bring their voices up the ladder. Um, and it helps influence it, the system uh, mm -hmm. so that the services that are provided to consumers are more in line with what works versus what doesn't and what they actually want. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I wish <clears throat> I attended my local CSP in Washington County a couple weeks ago. Um, and when I worked in the county setting a couple years back, um, the agency I worked for encouraged, encouraged us to take peers to, to the local CSPs. And um, I just never really did. And I wish I would have um, because um the local CSPs, there's a lot of information that's shared there. Um, 
it was interesting because last the couple of weeks ago when I went was the first time I had been to the local CSP. I had been to my regional CSP before a few times. Um, so it was interesting just to see um, a lot of the information that shared um, in the, the local CSP in my in my area. They were doing a hybrid type of meeting where some of the meeting is in Zoom on Zoom, and then some of the meeting is in person as well. And and it works. Um, I, you know, there was like 10 people on Zoom, about eight people in person. So they, you know, there is some attendance um, both ways. Um, so I, I wish um, organizations would have some kind of, you know, like I said, my the organization I did work with did encourage it, but they weren't like, you know, full head of steam with, you know, take your peers, they, but they did encourage it. I wish I would have took my peers more, you know, on a consistent basis to um, to the local CSP because I, I could see the benefit that it would have because it would give them that opportunity to see what's going on in the county, give them that platform to, to let their voice be heard a little bit. Because um, again, if we don't give if we don't give our peers that platform, then their voice isn't heard, you know? So, and that, that's one of the most important things for the peers that we work with in the communities that we work with is giving them that platform. Um, that becomes one of the most important things is, is the platform. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is important is, <clears throat> so CSPs are not necessarily just for people with serious mental illness. I mean, they're, they're a resource for everyone um, to utilize, whether you have a mental illness or whether you're a family member or, you know, whatever, uh, just a friend of someone who struggles. Um, so just keep that in mind. Don't feel like you're not going to be accepted because you are. Um, and that's really the amazing thing about them is that they're just this resource that's like always there, you know? Um so whether that be on Zoom right now, in person, hybrid, whatever it is, um, check out your local CSP or your regional CSP because they're they're definitely there to help you. Um, and that's exactly why we're giving them um, all of our fundraising money from this fundraiser because they really, um, they've been hit hard with COVID. And I think that they could really use some support right now for this holiday season. First again. Can you talk a little bit about the goal we're trying to hit and how it's going to be split? I don't know. I, I don't think you said that. Probably not. So um, our goal for this fundraiser for these four regional CSPs is a total of $1,000. Um, and that will be split four ways. So each of the four will get a $250 check if we manage to make it to $1,000. And with that $250, like I said, they can buy things like ham, turkey, whatever desserts, pumpkin pie, apple pie, whatever makes them happy, you know, and um, they can use that to offer that Christmas dinner in person. Obviously you can't have a Christmas dinner over Zoom. Um, <clears throat> and it can allow some folks to get that hot meal that they may not always have the ability to get. The other cool thing about it is a lot of folks who attend CSPs uh, may also be struggling financially. Um, and so that might be, you know, the only opportunity they get to have that hot Christmas dinner. So, um, <clears throat> I'm really 
hopeful that we can manage to get to a thousand dollars. If we can get more, whatever the number is, it will be split equally in four and sent out to all four regions. Yeah, and those regions are the Southeast, uh, Northeast, Western, and Central Region CSPs uh, of Pennsylvania. Um, so this is awesome. I mean, what, what a great event to have during Giving Tuesday. It's an opportunity for everybody out there to sort of donate and help make sure that people can keep up with their holiday traditions despite their financial situation right now. Um, you know, I so share a little bit about myself. Uh, when I was a kid, um, you know, I was learning to understand my diagnosis. Uh, my mom was trying to understand it. And, you know, my mom's single parent. So, you know, she, she struggled in, in the realm of finances, especially, you know, we had to kind of lean on people for support to kind of get through it. Um, and there were times where I remember having conversations or at least overhearing conversations, um, if they weren't being told to me directly of, you know, would, having some some tough times around the holidays and wondering if you know going to be able to get uh chris like presents or if we're going to be able to have like uh the dinners that we wanted to have um and that was that was a concern you know that was something that was on my mom's mind um and by extension my family's because they wanted us to to be able to celebrate and you know have an enjoyable holiday as well um I actually didn't, I don't think either one of us knew about things like CSPs. Um, for listeners out there who, I don't think I've, I've said this before here, but um, I'm not from Pennsylvania. I'm from New Mexico. Um, and our understanding of the mental health system was very small um, when I was growing up. And so I'd imagine that there were CSPs out there, but we're talking like, you know, the late nineties into the mid, you know, two thousands, you know, 2007. Um, so between that time frame, um, I don't know that there were any out there. And if there were, then I didn't hear about them, but that would have been something super awesome, um, to be able to take advantage of. So that would have taken some stress off my mom and my family. And, um, so, you know, to help these folks out in this way, uh, this Giving Tuesday is is awesome. I mean, you'd be able to help people have put their mind at ease and give their families, you know, a happy holiday, really, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I know that when I was younger and going through my own struggles, I didn't know anything about CSPs. Um, <clears throat> in fact, my mom has worked in our county system for over 20 years before she became the executive director of PMHCA. And she didn't even know that we had a CSP in our county because wow, we just didn't know. And so the fact that they're this wide thing and they're everywhere, they're all over the state. These four regionals are just four. There's so many other smaller ones. And yet we had no idea, you know? So I totally understand Chris. And I don't know how long they've been going, um, but I do know that they're, you know, they've been going strong for quite some time. And so I think uh, COVID really put a damper on things, but mm -hmm. um, we're looking to get them back up on their feet and running, you know, whether that be Zoom or in person or whatever they choose. Well, so, so just an FYI, if, if you guys see posts on Facebook um, 
for a GoFundMe from like Youth Move PA or PMHCA. It's it's titled Holiday Dinner for All. Um, and that's the, the fundraiser through GoFundMe um, for donating to these CSPs. Um, if you need information about the CSPs, um, you can find out a lot about the CSPs on PMHCA's website. Um, all you have to do is go to PMHCA's website and go to the R Projects tab and look under Community Support Programs, or you can go to the DHS website and it talks a lot about the CSPs under the dhs.pa.gov website. And I will, when I post this podcast, I'll put all those links in the um, description of the podcast. And I'll also put the link for the GoFundMe on there as well. Um, awesome. So awesome. Just, just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I have one question for you guys, and then I guess we can wrap it up. So since it's Giving Tuesday, uh, do you guys have any ideas that you're going to do other than, of course, donating to our wonderful fundraiser we just talked about? Anything else you guys can think of doing? Um, so I had a couple of ideas. Um, you know, I was thinking about uh, donating to NAMI because NAMI mm -hmm. does a lot of good work in mental health. Um, I'm starting to understand how they're doing it, but they're doing this really cool thing right now where they are matching donations for Giving Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, so that means, I mean, if you donated 50 bucks, they'll donate 50 bucks. So it turns into a hundred dollar donation. Um, again, still trying to figure out how they're doing the matching because obviously it wouldn't be NAMI doing it. It'd be some sponsor or something like that, I'm assuming. Um, Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for listeners out there, if you don't know, uh, NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, they do a lot of really great advocacy work. Um, they educate people about mental illness and they help to empower communities um, through that education and also um, outreach. So, you know, providing people resources uh, to get support that they might need. Um, and since they're national, I mean, you can find a NAMI chapter all over the country, which is awesome. Um, so I'll, I think I'll be doing that. And then um, I'll be raising awareness for these events on my stream because I am going live on Tuesday as well. Awesome. That's fantastic. Kevin, you have any ideas? Um, yeah, I haven't really thought about it until you said that. But after thinking about it quickly, I thought of, um, you know, after mentioning the organization that I used to work for in Washington County, um, they do a Christmas party every year for the peers that attend their, um, their daily programs and the peers that attend their daily programs look forward to Christmas, the, the party that they have down at the organization. Um, and they look forward to the, the like little presents that they get every year. Um, you know, due to, you know, funding streams getting cut, uh, a, a lot um you know i'm sure a lot of people know that funding gets cut significantly uh, a lot over the past few years um they reach out to community members organizations throughout the community for donations and stuff like that so um i'll probably look for a way to 
donate either something or some some money to them to you know supply their peers with presents this year because um, um, I've been I worked down there for quite a few years and um, I worked during those Christmas parties and I just see um, the kind of joy and happiness that those presents bring to those peers on um, during that Christmas party. It's really something to see. It's great. So um, you actually get to see the, the, the tangible happiness that something like that brings. So it's, it's really cool. So I'll probably try to do something like that. That's awesome. That's so cool. So um, I'm a little more, I guess, I guess, uh, individualized, if you call it that. I've always, always, always wanted to pay off someone's Christmas layaway. Um, And obviously for a very long time, I wasn't in a financial place to do that. Um, But I think I, I know, obviously, if there's a $2,000 layaway, I probably can't afford that. But um, I think I'm I'm in a place where I could actually pay off someone's small Christmas layaway from like Walmart or something. And I think that's what I'm going to do. That is awesome. You know, I was, so this is going to sound like, uh, I guess really, I don't know the trendy term for it now. Um, but it's kind of like a cliche, I guess. I, someone said chuggy once to me and that came to mind. I was like, I don't know what the hell that means, but maybe that's the way you say it these days. Anyway, um, I was browsing social media for Giving Tuesday and I saw someone uh, make a post about paying off someone's uh, like shopping list for the holidays. And there was something about that that just really, really warmed my heart. So that is so cool that you're doing that, Tristan. Thanks. I, I'm, I think, you know, we change the world one person at a time. And so if we can make one person's Christmas better, that's awesome. If we can make more than one person's Christmas better, that's even better, obviously. But one person at a time is how you make a difference in the world. So absolutely. Um, so just to bring it back, uh, Kevin has all of the links to learn more about community support programs um, in the description of this podcast episode and also a link to donate if that's what you would like to do please look up look us up on facebook and instagram that link to donate is also on there um and uh we really appreciate anything that you guys are willing to donate uh it makes all the world of a difference to the people who are going to be eating that christmas dinner this year so thank you very much and happy holidays Happy holidays.